In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today actually we'll study Psalm 12. Psalm 12. It's a short psalm, eight verses. Uh, so after I finish, I will give a summary in Arabic. بعد ما خلص التأمل في المزمور ده هدي ملخص بالعربي هو المزمور صغير كلهم ثمان آيات Each psalm has a title and the title of this psalm is to chief musician on an eight stringed harp a son of David to chief musician is an audience so uh, it can be Asaf or can he man? Some father said chief musician here intended to be the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. On an eight stringed harp, harp that is the instrument that's used to sing this uh, psalm. And a psalm of David simply that is the author so it's written by David in this psalm actually David complains about the malicious words of his adversaries and in contrast praises the pure and precious word of God so he's making a comparison between the malicious word of his adversaries and the pure word of God the Arabic has in the title concerning the end on the eighth day. What does it mean concerning the end on the eighth day? The end here is the end of the world, which will happen on the eighth day. How come? The creation is six days. Now we are living in the seventh day. The end of the world will be the end of the seventh day and the beginning of the eighth day. So this psalm also is a prophecy linked to the coming of the Messiah, especially what will happen at the end of the days. The psalm is a lament over the discouragement of men. Uh, Why it is composed? And what is the occasion actually is unknown. There is nothing in the psalm <coughs> to enable us to decide what is the occasion in which the psalm was written or the why it was composed. While David was escaping and running away from King Saul, two people betrayed him. One of them is Duag. When actually he saw uh, David in the city of the priests, and then he went and uh, notified King Saul, and King Saul in turn, he killed all the priests. You can read this story in 1 Samuel 22. Then after this, uh, David uh, fled from King Saul and actually hid himself like in the forest among the Zivites. 
And also, we see how these people made commitment to King Saul to deliver David to King Saul. You can read the story of the Zivites in 1 Samuel 23. So, some scholars that said this psalm was composed in one of these two occasions, after the betrayal by Duag or after the betrayal by the Zivites. We pray this psalm in the first hour of Agbeya, but because the Agbeya used the Septuagint numbering, so in the Agbeya it's number 11, but in our regular Bible, the Hebrew text is number 12. So this psalm in the Agbeya is number 11, and it is in the first hour of the Agbeya. As I told you, it is eight verses, and we can actually divide it into five sections. Verse 1, a cry for help. First, verse 2, falsehood prevails, like what will happen at the end of the days. 3 to 5, a plea for God to judge those who speak wickedly. 6 to 7, the pure word of God. And last verse, safety in the midst of difficulties. So let's start from verse 1. Help, O Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. So, as it was mentioned, the exact circumstances under which David wrote this psalm is unknown. But maybe he composed, as I told you, after the betrayer by Doag or by the Zivites. That's why he said, Help, Lord, for godly man ceases, and the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. So, the psalms David laments the decrees of good faithful men and he is crying help Lord it is a very short prayer but expressive fitting useful and powerful prayer the same prayer was prayed by Peter when he was drowning said Lord help me it is a shortest prayer in the scripture but very powerful prayer so when we see there is a decline of godly men around us, it's a call for more prayer. When we see evil and wickedness growing around us, it's a call to dedicate more time for prayer. And when godliness leaves and disappear, what will follow? Faithfulness will also disappear and cease. That's why he started by saying, Godly man sees and the faithful disappear. Because without the fear of God, that's godliness, men have no love of truth, that's faithfulness. If, you, if I am not walking in the fear of God, then I will not like the truth. So, if there is no godliness, then what will follow? There is no faithfulness. 
And David sees the extreme danger of his position to be among or surrounded by ungodly and faithless people. David, all his life, was a warrior and a great soldier. But here, he is dealing with a different battle. It's a battle of gossip and battle of unkind remarks of dishonest and deceitful talkers. And David knew what it was like to feel all alone in this kind of battle where it seemed that no one would speak up and defend him. And I don't know if David living right now in the generation of the social media when actually many people slander uh, others and gossip about them and assassinate their character. I, I don't know what David actually would say. David was disappointed when people were just was talking about him and they were talking in a closed circuit. But now the social media is in front of the whole world. That's why David, being alone in this kind of battle, and no one defend him, he took his case to the Lord. Help, Lord. Help. Maybe David probably would prefer to battle with sword and shields rather than with gossips, slanderers around him. Verse 2. They speak idly everyone with his neighbor. They speak idly everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. So three things here. They speak idly, flattering lips, and double heart. So instead of the godly men, David saw around him those who are speak with unfounded empty talk, idly. Unfounded means there is no foundation and empty talk. And some of them have two-faced, they are two-faced liars. They say something in front of you and another thing behind you. And he described a third group with double heart. Speak idly. Idly means unreal, hollow, hypocrisy. That's what idly means. They speak that which, which is false and a lie. Either doctrinal or practical. This idly means they don't speak according to the word of God. Their words are vain and empty, shallow and corrupt, which no godly and faithful man would do. A godly and faithful man will not speak idly. And also with flattering lips. Flattering lips means they say what people want to hear. They don't say the truth. 
just men pleasers. And they speak as if they have two hearts, double heart. One heart is urging them to hate their neighbor and make plans against David. That's one heart. And the other inside them to pretend to be his friends, his close friends. That's double heart. So they speak from a kind and upright heart when they are around David. And actually, they have cruel and deceitful heart behind his back. And unfortunately, as I said, there are many such talkers today. Those who know the right answer for every occasion, but speak with no honesty or transparency of heart, you don't feel them, they are genuine. They constantly speak what people hope to hear. Verse 3. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. So, David felt helpless against these destructive talkers. But as I said, he took his case to God. His refuge is the Lord. That's why he now he is appealing to the Lord to cut off the tongue that speak proud things. Also, we can read it, verses 3, as a warning. He is sending them a warning. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. So, uh, this statement can be designed for warning that all people who have double heart, flattering uh, tongues, actually they will be punished. David actually despises these destructive tongues, not only for the content, for what they said, but also for the pride that made them so difficult to stop. Why people don't stop judging one another? Why people don't stop gossiping and slandering one another? Why? Because of the pride of their heart. So David did not, did not only condemn the content of their talks, but the pride, prideful heart that's behind this gossip and slander. That's why we read in St. James, the letter of St. James, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. And this one's religion is useless. The religion of this person is useless. It's very dangerous thing to have a tongue that's not controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's a very dangerous thing. Uh, St. James says in chapter 3, verse 6, The tongue is a gift from God. But if we misuse it or abuse it, this tongue will be a fire and can defile the whole body 
and can sit on a fire the whole world. And we can see how one person can say just one word, and this word can make a huge fight and divide people against themselves. And actually, to see the power of the tongue, whatever we desire, we can accomplish through our tongues, either by persuasion, or by threatening, or by being skilled in argument and debate, or by nagging. So our tongues actually are very powerful. That's why in verse 4, who who have said, with our tongues, we will prevail. With our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. God has no control over it. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Nobody can tell me, don't say this, because our lips are our own. Actually, many people can prevail by their uh, tongues, by raising and spreading insult and offenses and evil gossip concerning David, by which King Saul will be highly and cold-heartedly enraged against David. So his adversaries said, we will prevail. We will actually make false story about David, and we will spread rumors about him, and we will convey to King Saul uh, evil gossip about David. So King Saul will be enraged against David and will kill him. That's how they thought in their mind, we will prevail. Uh, And yes, you can turn people against one person by your tongue. The heart of the people can turn away from one person. And in this way, actually, you will prevail against this person. And using what? Using your tongue only. Using your tongue only. That's how powerful our tongues can be powerful in doing good, but can be powerful also in doing evil, can be fire. St. Augustine said, Proud hypocrites are meant, those who said, Who is Lord over us? Our tongues are our own. So David in verse 4, he meant proud hypocrites, putting confidence in their speech to deceive men and not submitting themselves to God by saying, who is Lord over us? Who is Lord over us? Who can control us? Who can restrain us? Who can interfere with us or hinder our action? They don't believe in any righteous judge or controller of the world. They deny the existence of God. And in their mind, no one can step in to disturb their plans and ruin their purposes. Who is Lord over us? And many believe because they are skilled in debate and in argument 
Therefore, actually, they may speak what they please. They can say anything. And they can actually persuade anybody with their ideas. St. John Chrysostom made a comment about who is our Lord or who is our Master. So he said, Oh, what a diabolical remark. So this remark is from Satan. Oh, what a demonic spirit. It, there is a spirit of demon behind this. Do you see human being that you are all of nature proclaiming your Lord's strength? So St. John Chrysostom is saying, do you know who you are? Don't you see the nature around you proclaiming the strength, the wisdom, the care, the providence with God? Not only the nature around you, while your body, your soul, your life, all things visible and invisible are but crying out, raising their voice and trumpeting the Lord's power. So everything around us, even our body, declaring the glory of God, and you say, you still say, who is our master? Who is our Lord? St. John Chrysostom says, this is a mark of madness, of frenzy. This is a sign of the, a corrupt spirit. This is a sign of a corrupt spirit. Those who say, who is Lord over us? Those who deny the existence of God. Verse 5. For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. So now God is responding, I will arise. I will defend the oppressed. I will defend the poor. I actually will set him in safety, those who yearn for safety. So the ungodly threatens the poor. Now God is making a promise of assistance to the righteous, to those who are oppressed by the ungodly. The Lord announced that he would act on behalf of the poor and needy, those who are victimized by these proud, unstoppable talkers. In due season, in the right time, the Lord will hear the ones who cry day and night unto him, and he will avenge their cause. Nothing moves a father like the cries of his children. In the same way, when we cry to the Lord, this will move his heart to avenge us. That's why he said, for the sighing of the needy, for the sighing of the needy. The Lord is long-suffering to those who are living in sin, but also He listens and hears the prayer of His own people. And He made a promise, I will set Him in the safety for which He yearns. David believed that this was God's word for him. And actually God delivered David from the hand of Saul these two times in which he was betrayed by Duag and by the Zivites. David, while he was escaping and running away from King Saul, 
He was one of the poor and needy, yearning for safety from these destructive, proud talkers. Then starting from verse 6, he made a comparison between the words of the wicked and the word of God, the promises that just got uttered. In verse 6 he said, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Seven times. So in contrast to the idle two-faced lying and proud lips of David's adversaries, God's words are pure. They were like, or they are like fine silver purified seven times. So here actually the word of the Lord presents the most radical contrast with the words of the wicked and proud people. God himself is holy. God himself is pure. So the purity of God assures the purity of his promises. Many times we speak rashly, we make promises that we cannot do, and deceitfully we make promises that we did not intend to do. But God's words are different. God's word, if he makes a promise, he will fulfill it. They are like silver. Not just a silver, but silver that passed through fire seven times. So it is perfectly pure. There is no blemish or defilement in it. Any excess blemish is consumed seven times. Seven is the number of perfection. So the only bright precious metal remains. In the same way, the words of God are free from all error, all unfaithfulness. His words are completely and perfectly pure. Verse 7. So David now is confirming verse 5. Verse 5, the Lord made a promise. Now I will arise, I will set him in the safety for which he is. So after David said, the word of God is pure, that's why in verse 7 he said, you shall keep them, O Lord. I trust your promise in verse 5. I am confident that what you promised in verse 5 will happen. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. So, you shall keep them. God have promised to set the righteous who are oppressed in a place of safety. Here David is very sure that God will keep them and preserve them from the wicked generation, which has possession of the earth, unfortunately. There will be, in all generations, until the second coming of Christ, there will be always a generation of proud and wicked men, as long as the world exists. But also, the promises of God always exist. He will secure his people, no matter how bad the times are. He will secure his people. Last verse. The wicked 
control on every side. When vileness is exalted among the sons of men. So David knew the existence and exaltation of God's pure word would not eliminate the wicked. So although God exists and his pure promises exist, but this will not eliminate the wicked. So the wicked will continue until the second coming of Jesus Christ. They would still exist and prowl on every side as they could, but never with the assurance of final victory. Final victory is for God. Final victory is for the children of God. So the wicked fill all places, go about boldly and securely, seeking to deceive, corrupt, destroy others. They are not afraid nor ashamed to be discovered. Usually, in the Psalms of David, the last verse is a verse of joy, victory. But here, actually, we might feel that this psalm ends on a sad note. He's just saying these evil people exist on every side, and when the vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Uh, But David actually knew that even with the precious and pure word of God available to us, many of the sons of men would still prefer the vileness is exalted. They prefer the evil. They prefer to be ungodly. So, David actually ended the psalm with a challenge. What is this challenge? The sons of men exalt vileness. But the children of God exalt pure and precious word of God. So, what are you exalting? Are you exalting the vileness of the world? Or you are exalting the truth, the pure and the precious word of God. So, it is not a sad note, rather, uh, he actually ended with a challenge. Here is the pure word of God, and here is the vile desires and the vile words, and your choice now, which one you will exalt. ندي ملخص بالعربي. المزمور ده مزمور 11 في الأجبية. بنصلي في صلاة باكر. ومزمور بياخد رقم 12 في النسخة العبرية اللي هي موجودة في كتاب المقدس الفئدين ربما بعض الكلمات تختلف عن اللي احنا حافظينه في الإجبية لأن الإجبية دي ترجمة إبطية دي ترجمة من النسخة العبرية لكن المعنى واحد المزمور ده كتبه ديفيد ما نعرفش الظروف بتاعت كتابته لكن أيام ما كان هارب من الملك شاول في واحد اسمه دواغ الأدومي كان شافه وهو رايح لمدينة الكهنة وبلغ شاول وشاول بعدها قتل كل الكهنة عشان ما سلمهوش داود فربما داود اتأثر بالخيانة بتاع دواغ الأدومي ده وبعدها راح مستخبى في الغابات وسط الزيفيون 
شعب المنطقة هناك اسمه مزيفيون ورح شاور رح قابلهم وهم وعدونهم هيسلموا له داود لكن ربنا أنقذ داود من إيديهم هتلاقوا القصتين دولت موجودين في صموئيل الأول صح 22-23 فبعض دارس الكتاب المقدس بيقولوا غالبا داود صلى المزمور ده مع الحدثتين دولت بتاع الدواغ الأدومي وبتاع الزيفيون فداود بيقول في المزمور خلص يا رب لأنه قد انقرض التقي لأنه قد انقطع الأمناء من بني البشر بص حواليه كده ما لقاش في ناس أتقياء ما لقاش في ناس كلمة تقي يتقي الله يعني يخاف الله ما فيش إنسان عايش في مخافة ربنا ولما مخافة ربنا تختفي من قلب الإنسان الأمانة هتختفي سواء الأمانة للحق أو أي نوع الأمانة للآخرين أي نوع من الأمانة هو إيه اللي بيخلينا نبقى أمنا تجاه بعضنا البعض مخافة ربنا لكن لو خوف ربنا مش موجود مش يبقى فيه أمانة فداود بص كده لقى حواليه مفيش حد بيخاف ربنا مفيش واحد أمين حواليه فإيه الحل ملقاش حل غير أن يصرخ لربنا قال له خلص يا رب خلص يا رب جملتين كلمتين دولت طلبة صغيرة بس قوية جدا بتفكرني لما بطرس كان تدى يغرق وقال يا رب نجني نفس الكلام كده وده يخلينا لما نبص حوالينا ونلاقي ان الاتقياء ابتدوا يقلوا وينقرضوا والامناء ابتدوا يقلوا ايه دورنا ايه اللي نعمله نصلي نصلي ونصرخ مع داود ونقول له خلص يا رب لانه قد انقرض التقي لانه قد انقطع الامناء من بني البشر بيشرح بقى ليه هو بيقول كده بيقول يتكلمون بالكذب كل واحد مع صاحبه بشفاه ملقة بقلب فقلب يتكلمون كلموا بالكذب بيكذبوا بيكذبوا ويتملقوا الآخرين يتملقوا يعني ايه بيقولوا لهم انهم عايزين يسمعون ففي وشك يقول كلام جميل وفي ظهري يبتدي نميمة ويتكلم عني كلام وحش فداود بيقول ده بقى حال الناس النهاردة الناس بقت بوشين بيتكلموا مع بعض بشفاه ملقة بيتملقوا بعض بيقولوا الكلام اللي الاخرين عايزين يسمعوه لكن قلبهم مش كده فكرنا بيهوزة لما راح لسيد المسيح وقال له السلام لك يا معلم وراح أخده وقبله هذه الشفاه الملقة ولكن بالكذب كان بيتكلم عشان كده سماه بقلب فقلب يتكلمون لكنه عنده قلبين قلب كده يبان انه حنين ولطيف ومحب وعايز يساعدك وقلب تاني اللي هو بيخبي عنك ده اللي عايز يأذيك عايز يدمرك بيخطط لك علشان ينال منك ويسلمك لأيد أعدائك بقلب فقلب يتكلمون راح داود بيصلي ربنا بيقول له يقطع الرب 
أو ليقطع الرب جميع الشفاه الملقة واللسان المتكلم بالعظائم دي ممكن تكون صلاة أنه بيصلي ربنا يا رب اقطع جميع الشفاه الملقة أو ممكن يكون تحذير للناس اللي بيتكلموا بشفاه الملقة أو بيتكلموا بالكذب أو بيتكلموا بقلب منقسم قلبين قلب معاك وقلب ضدك فممكن يكون تحذير إن هيجي يوم لو ربنا مطول باله عليك مطول باله عليك عشان تتوب وترجع لكن في يوم ربنا هيقطع الرب جميع الشفاه الملقة وبعدين قال إيه اللي بيخلي الواحد مش عايز يبطل الكبرياء ده اللي سماه اللسان المتكلم بالعظائم المتكلم بالعظائم يقول حاجات كبيرة كده مثلا المحبة دي حاجة عظيمة جدا لأن الله محبة فلما يقعد يتكلم بالمحبة ويقول ان هو بيحب الآخر وان هو عايز مصلحته وفي نفس الوقت هو يبغي انه يهدمه ويأذيه فده شفاه ملق ودي جاية من قلب مليان بالكبرياء ليه مليان بالكبرياء هو بيتكلم بشفاه ملقة علشان الناس تحبه ويخدعهم وفي الاخر هو يعمل اللي عايز يعمله زي الحية مع امنا حوة بينت انها صديقة لامنا حوة وانها عايزة مصلحتها وقالت لها لا انت لو اكلت من الشجر دي مش هتموتي اوعد صدق كلام ربنا لا مش هتموتي ده تكلم بالعظائم انها بتكذب ربنا بالعكس انت لو اكلتي تبقي زي الله عارف الخير والشر كلام جميل بس الكلام ده عظائم الحية مش قدها انها تكذب ربنا الذين يتكلمون بالعظائم فهنا بيحط تحذير يقطع الرب جميع الشفاه الملقة واللسان المتكلم بالعظائم أو المتكلم بالعظائم اللي بيفتخر أنا عملت وأنا سويت وأنا سعدت وأنا أحسنت وأنا واحد بيتكلم بيعظم نفسه بيمجد نفسه فدايما اللسان الملق هو برضو إنسان متكبر بيعظم ويمجد نفسه دولة قالوا إيه بقى الذين قالوا بألسنتنا نتجبر يعني أحيانا يعني داود بيقول الكلام ده أيام ما كان ما فيش لا إنترنت ولا سوشيال ميديا يعني كان الكلام لو واحد بيتكلم بيتكلم في دائرة مغلقة مهما كبرت الدائرة هي دائرة مغلقة إن النهاردة ممكن ناس تهاجم حد وتدمره و- 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 صاد العالم كله ويكون كلام كذب اللسان ده لسان ممكن يستخدم في الخير وممكن يستخدم في الشر عشان كده القديس يعقوب يقول اللسان ده شر سم مميت نار ممكن يضرم دائرة الكون يولع العالم كله ويضرم من جهنم يعني لو الواحد سلم لسانه للشيطان الشيطان ده هيحط نار في اللسان تولع العالم كله بألسنتنا نتجبر بألسنتنا احنا هنوصل للي عايزينه 
أنا مش محتاج سلاح مش محتاج أمسك سيف أنا بلساني أقدر أوصل للي أنا عايزه أقدر أوصل للي أنا عايزه يا إما عن طريق الإقناع يا إما عن طريق الجدال يا إما عن طريق الإلحاح يا إما عن طريق الفلسفة والكلام الباطل لكن في الآخر هقدر الفلسفة الخاطئة يعني في الآخر هقدر أوصل لأننا عايزه بألسنتنا نتجبر شفاهنا معنا من هو سيد علينا يعني شفاهنا معنا مين هيقدر ياخد لساني مني حاجة ياخد لساني مني أنا شفاهنا معي معي أنا لي كنترول لي سلطان على لساني حاجة له سلطان علي ربنا مش هيقول لي ملهوش سلطان علي فدولت بينكروا حتى سلطان الله وينكروا وجود الله من هو سيد علينا من هو سيد علينا أنا أقول اللي أنا عايزه أنا أقول اللي أنا عايزه إحنا عايشين في عصر الناس فعلا بتقول العايزاء اللي يقول ربنا مش موجود اللي يقول الكتاب مقدس في أخطاء اللي بيشجع الشزوز الجنسي اللي بيشجع الإجهاض الناس افترد بألسنتها يعني الآية ديا فعلا الذين قالوا بألسنتنا نتجبر شفاهنا معنا من هو سيد علينا نسيوا ان في ربنا موجود نسيوا ان في إله قديس يوحنا زهبي الفم يقول له انت مفكر نفسك مين بص للعالم حواليك بص للطبيعة بص لجسمك هيشهد بوجود إله قوي انت فكر ان مفيش قوة فوقيك بألسنتنا نتجبر شفاهنا معنا من هو سيد علينا من هو سيد علينا راح ربنا رد عليهم في آية خمسة قال من اختصاب المساكين من صرخة البائسين الآن أقوم يقول الرب أنا لو صبرت على الشر عشان بديكوا فرصة توبوا لكن في وقت هيجي أحط نهاية لهذا الشر مش أشوف ولادي المساكين ولادي البائسين اللي بيختصبوا واللي بيصرخوا وأنا مش هنقذهم لا من أجل اختصاب المساكين وصراخ البائسين الآن أقوم يقول الرب أجعل في وسع الذي ينفس فيه يعني اللي بيتزل واللي بيختصب واللي بيضطهد هجعله في وسع هخرجه من الضيقة ديا وهجعله في وسع في قصة الغادي والعازر لما قال له لعازر استوفى البلايا وانت استوفى خيراتك لذا هو يتعزى وانت تتعذب في وقت ربنا هيحط نهاية لكل الافترة بتاع الناس ده ربنا هيحط نهاية اوعى واحد يفتكر ان خلاص بلسانه يتجبر من هو سيد علينا لا من اختصاب المساكين من صراخ البائسين الان يقوم يقول الرب وهنا في وعد اجعل في وسع هخرجه من الضيق او هجعله في وسع الذي ينفس فيه طيب كلام ربنا ده ممكن حد يتساءل وعود ربنا نصدقها 
ربنا لما قال ان هو هيخلص المساكين والبائسين نصدق الوعود ديا فداود في الآية اللي بعدها على طول قال اه طبعا تصدقها مليون في المية لان كلام الرب ده كلام نقي احنا كلامنا مش كلام نقي ابدا يا ما بنعمل وعود نوعد ناس بحاجات وبعدين ما نقدرش ننفذها او نوعد ناس ونختحهم وانا عارف ان انا مش هنفذ اللي انا بوعد بيه لكن ربنا مش كده ده بولس الرسول يقول ألعل عدم أمانتنا طبط الأمانة الله حاشا فليكن كل إنسان كاذبا والله صادق عمر ما عدم أمانتنا طبط الأمانة الله قالك عايز تعرف كلام ربنا نقي قد إيه أرزي فضة مصفاة في بوضة تحطت في النار علشان كل الشوائب اللي فيها تحترق في بوطة في الأرض ممحوصة سبع مرات مش مجرد مرة ده مرة والتانية والتالتة والرابعة سبع مرات سبع عدد من أرقام الكمال يعني ما فيهاش شوائب خالص يعني كلمة ربنا نقية نقاء كامل ما فيهاش شوائب اللي بيقول الكتاب المقدس فيه أخطاء يقروا الآية دي كلام الرب كلام نقي كفضة مصفاة في بوطة في الأرض ممحوصة سبع مرات يبقى إذن الوعد اللي ربنا قاله في آية خمسة أجعل في وسع الذي ينفس فيه جي داود أكد بقى قال يا رب انت وعدتنا ونعرف كلامك ده كلام زي الفضة فأنت يا رب تحفظهم أنا واثق يا رب انك هتحفظهم هتحرصهم من هذا الجيل ومش بس من جيل داود لأن الأشرار دولت موجودين في كل زمن هتحرصهم إلى الظهر ولادك يا رب سواء في الجيل بتاعي ده أو في أي جيل لغاية مجيئك التاني هيكونوا محاطين بالأشرار لكن انت هتحفظهم زي ما انت وعدت من اغتصاب المساكين من صرخة البائسين الآن أقوم يقول الرب أجعل في وسع الذي ينفس فيه أنت يا رب تحفظهم أنا واثق يا رب أنا متأكد أنت يا رب تحفظهم تحرصهم من هذا الجيل إلى الظهر الأشرار يتمشون من كل ناحية عند ارتفاع الأرزال بين الناس داود شايف أن هيفضل لغاية مجيء المسيح الثاني الأرزال يعني الرزيلة هترتفع وتزيد ومع الرزيلة بترتفع وتزيد الأشرار هيبقوا ماشيين من كل ناحية زي ما قلت الناس متعودة ان مزمير داود دايما آخر آية كده تبقى آية فيها نصرة فقالوا شمعنا المزمور ده يعني اختتم بآية يعني تحس كده بيتكلم على الشر انه بيزيد والرزيلة بتزيد لكن الحقيقة هو ده تحدي داود بيحطه لنا بيقول لك بص انت عندك وعد ربنا وكلام ربنا الكلام النقي وعندك الرزيلة اللي عمالة تزيد ومع الرزيلة اللي بتزيد الاشرار اللي بيمارسوا الرزيلة دولت بيزيدوا ومحاوطين بينا يا ترى انت هتقف في انه جانب هتمشي مع الرزيلة وتدافع على الرزيلة زي الناس اللي بيدافعوا النهاردة على الهوموسيكشواليتي والترانجندريزم والأبورشن 
هتبقى مع الجروب ده تدافع عن الرزيلة ومع الأشرار ولا مع الحق والأمناء اللي داود شايفهم بينقرضوا من الأرض وتتمسك بكلمة ربنا كلمة ربنا اللي هي نقية كفضة مصفاة في بوطة في الأرض ممحوصة سبع مرات فمش بينهي المزمور بنهاية حزينة لكن بيقولين على الواقع الواقع لغاية ما جاء المسيح الثاني السيد المسيح للمجد نفسه قال متى جاء ابن الإنسان قال له يجد الإيمان على الأرض ففي في الأيام الأخيرة هيبقى في الارتداد في الأيام الأخيرة الشيطان هيفك من قيده في الأيام الأخيرة هيظهر إنسان الخطية اللي هيتكلم بعظائم وهيقول على نفسه إنه هو ربنا في الأيام الأخيرة الرزيلة هتزيد والأشرار هيبقوا حوالينا ولكن في وعد من ربنا في وعد من ربنا أجعل في واسع الذي ينفس فيه اللي هيهددني أو اللي هينفس فيه شر ربنا هيخرجني ويجعله في واسع وداود بيأكد أنت يا رب تحفظهم تحرصهم من هذا الجيل وإلى الظهر ده يختم مزمور سواء 11 في الأجبية أو 12 في الكتاب المقدس لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد Amen. Yeah.